0: This is the Eat Well, Think Well, Live Well podcast. I'm Lisa Salisbury, and this is episode 53, Dreaming of Weight Loss, How Sleep Impacts Your Journey with Robin Powers. This episode is part of the Live Well pillar of the podcast, as sleeping is one of those habits that affects our weight loss, but sort of indirectly, meaning not sleeping well is not going to cause you to actually gain weight. What it does is affect the way we are able to function in the world, and it affects especially our hunger hormones. So we are getting different hunger signals on days that we aren't well rested as opposed to the days that we are. What I mean by it affects your hunger hormones is that is the ghrelin and the leptin that you're going to hear us talking about. Spoiler, it's the reason you crave more carbs when you're tired. Before we jump in, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to the show so that you don't miss next week's episode with my extra special guest. Last week, I teased it a little too, but this week, I'll give you a hint that she is the person that introduced me to life coaching. She was my very first life coach. I couldn't be more thrilled that she said yes to being on the show. All right, now for today's episode. Welcome to Eat Well, Think Well, Live Well the podcast for women who want to lose weight, but are tired of counting and calculating all the food. I'm your host, Lisa Salisbury. I'm a certified health and weight loss coach and life coach, and most importantly, a recovered chronic dieter. I'll teach you to figure out why you are eating when you aren't hungry instead of worrying so much about what you are eating. My guest today is Robin Powers. I am Very excited about this episode because it's been a long time since we have talked about sleep with an expert. So, Robin, welcome and please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what you do. Sure. Thanks for having
1: me on, Lisa. My background is in women's health and fitness. I've been working in the fitness industry for about 18 years now and uh, just recently switched over to helping women more holistically, not just with the physical aspect of fitness, but also mental and nutritional and kind of all around, you know, everything that goes into living that healthy lifestyle. So I am a health coach for busy moms. I have a background in psychology also, a personal trainer, group fitness, pre and postnatal, exercise specialist, so kind of a little bit of everything. And one of my most favorite topics to talk about is sleep habits and how they affect your overall health because I think it's a kind of a neglected area. I think it's something that people tend to put on the back burner and maybe not really think about how
0: it's really impacting their lives. Totally. I 100% agree. Sometimes it's the last thing we think of with regards to health or eating. It's like what are you even talking about? I'm, you know, I'm tracking my food. I'm doing my exercise. Like that doesn't have anything to do with it and it has like everything to do with it. In fact, I I had a client a couple days ago and she was feeling bad that she hadn't kept up with her movement routine that she had been doing for a while and she said, "Well, I had been camping with my sister, slept on an air mattress and it was freezing cold. Like it was terrible sleep. Terrible." And so essentially When she got home for a few days, she chose sleep instead of working out because she chose to sleep in and get a little extra. And I was like, absolutely, that is going to benefit you way more in those days. Sometimes we do have to choose sleep. So let's get into it. What do you think is the relationship between lack of quality sleep and our ability to stick with our healthy habits or how it affects our healthy habits?
1: I think it has a huge impact because when you are lacking that sleep, everything kind of goes downhill. Your your mood isn't as well as it should be, so you're feeling a little more depressed. I think everybody kind of knows when you're depressed, you're not thinking about how do I live my life optimally, right? You're just trying to get back to like an even field here. So you're not thinking about, oh, okay, let me plan the best meals. Let me make sure I'm doing the right exercises, getting the workouts in. You're not working on all those pieces that really help you live that healthy lifestyle because you're just too tired. You're not focused. You don't feel productive. And so that's kind of those things that you do to even better yourself, kind of fall to the wayside because that's not even on your radar when you don't have the energy.
0: How does that affect when someone is like, "Oh, I just don't really need as much sleep as other people" or people that feel like I remember even as like as a child, my friend telling me, "Oh, my dad he only sleeps 4 hours a night." And I was like, "That seems wrong to me." I like even when I was little, I just thought Oh, I need a lot more sleep than that. Is there something wrong with me? And I feel like we have this idea that oh, I do fine. But what are some things that we are not realizing are happening because of lack of sleep when we think we're functioning fine, but really it it could be like better. Right? So maybe
1: you know, you think you're getting enough sleep, but there's things that happen while you're sleeping. It's the reason for sleep is to reset, recharge, kind of clean out those toxins in your body. So if you're not getting that sleep, those things aren't happening, which is going to lead to all kinds of consequences. You know, not just low energy, not just feeling tired, but even put you at greater risk for all kinds of diseases or illnesses that you're not even probably putting together because it's not like it's instantaneous, you know, like, oh, I didn't sleep Mm -hmm. this week. Now I have cancer. Like that, that doesn't happen. So you're not really seeing immediate consequences necessarily, but you're not taking care of those long-term health issues either when you're not getting enough sleep.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about what happens when we sleep? Yeah. So when you're sleeping, that's the time that your body resets itself really. So the toxins are being flushed from your body. There are some things that can also affect that, such as eating before bed, drinking alcohol before bed. So that can affect it, but-
0: Affect it negatively, like mean it's not going to happen if- Right. Because your body is busy
1: processing those things instead of Mm -hmm. working on clearing the toxins. But that aside, just sleep itself, that's when your body is healing. It's getting the toxins out. So if you're not doing that, you're setting yourself up for those problems, right? And you're rebuilding. So say you had a really, you know, heavy workout that day because you're working on building muscle or, you know, whatever it is, you're working on building endurance. If you're not giving your body that chance to rest and heal, then you're not going to see the progress there either. So it's not just, you know, disease and illness, but it's also... Affecting your ability to improve on your physical fitness, if
0: that's something that you're working on.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So every night isn't going to be a great night. Obviously, we want to make the effort to get those hours of sleep. I do have another episode where we talk a little bit more about sleep hygiene. So if you're struggling to get to bed and those kinds of things, I mean, really, the simplest way to get eight hours of sleep, which is the general recommendation, is to go to bed. 8 hours before your alarm needs to go off and it seems simple right it seems like yeah just do the math and go to bed but things get in the way sometimes we don't obviously and then sometimes you know we wake up it's not been a good a good night so sometimes we are fatigued how can we combat that on those days and this is kind of along the lines where i talk to my clients about like you will overeat because we're not robots And so we talk about strategies, what to do next. So what can we do to counteract some fatigue and keep it from affecting our weight loss goals? Right. Absolutely. You know, we're not all perfect.
1: We don't live a perfect life where everything's going to work out exactly right. And yeah, you do have to make the effort to schedule that time for sleep. You can't just stay up late and then be like, oh, whoops, I'm supposed to be up in six hours. You know, you you do have Mm -hmm. to think about it ahead of time. And um, having a consistent bedtime routine can really help um, things that you do that your body starts knowing like, okay, there's time to shut down and be ready for sleep. But if, you know, something happens and you just didn't get that sleep, you know, here and there, because it happens to all of us, being aware first off that certain things happen within your body when you don't get enough sleep can really help because then you start paying attention to these things as far as like, especially foods that you want to eat can change based on how much sleep you get. So be aware that you might start feeling cravings for different things because you didn't get enough sleep. But Once you're aware, I think it's easier to combat like, oh, wait, I don't really need this candy bar. I'm just like craving it because I didn't get the sleep that I needed. So, you know, I'm not going to choose the candy bar because it's not really what I need. Let me pick some fruit. So I'm still craving something sweet, but it doesn't have to be a candy bar. Mm -hmm. I can go for some fruit. Getting those foods in that give you the nutrients, the vitamins and the minerals are going to help boost your energy. Or, you know, don't go grab the, you know, gallon size coffee or, you know, Adding, adding the caffeine in the energy drinks isn't going to help you either. It's going to set you up for an endless cycle of, okay, now I drank all this caffeine. Now I can't sleep tonight. Now I'm not getting enough sleep again tonight. It's just going to snowball and you're, it's going to be so much harder to get back on track.
0: Yeah, caffeine use can be really detrimental to our sleep cycle. I know I've brought this up on a couple of different interviews about reasonable caffeine use and Seems like most of the experts I've interviewed have said, you know, somewhere between one and two cups of coffee equivalents, we're talking like 100 to 200 grams of caffeine in the morning, eight to 10 hours prior to your bedtime. So again, that's another calculation you want to do because of the half-life of caffeine, it does stick around. So in the afternoon, if we need a pick-me-up because we are fatigued, didn't get a good night's sleep, that's maybe where we want to have a carb hit with fruit, like you're talking about rather than going for either caffeine, extra coffee or the candy bar. So choosing some carbs to pick us up at that point would be better for your sleep routine than heading for more caffeine. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And and it, it doesn't
1: have to be even consuming anything. I mean, get up, getting sure. up and taking a short walk, going out, walking outside into the sh- sunshine. Those are things that can boost your energy too. It doesn't have to be that I need to eat or drink something.
0: Yes. That is such a good point. I appreciate you correcting me on that. And besides eating, let's talk about a few other things. So for sure, like getting some sunshine, going for a walk, what else in the dead of winter, if it were to be <laughs> the
1: dead of winter? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you must
1: be like me and don't really like to be outside when it's cold. <laughs> no, no, I don't really enjoy
0: that. And right now it's lovely. We're talking here in the first part of the summer. And so hopefully it won't be the dead of winter by the time I get this um, out on the podcast. But, you know, we got to have strategies for year round. Yeah,
1: definitely. You know, I don't, I don't love it outside in the winter either. So, you know, you can exercise in the house. You could. Can- take a couple loops around inside your house. If you have a treadmill, if you have an exercise bike, if you want to turn on the radio and dance for five minutes, you know, it it doesn't have to be some specific thing, just something that gets your blood flowing a little bit. Um, Drinking more water, make sure you get
0: lots of water can help boost your energy too. Perfect. Yeah, that is so important too. What a good foundation to remind ourselves of on on this sleep episode. We think about these things that are like, how's that even possibly related to weight loss, sleep, and water? But these foundations are, well, just that foundational to our weight loss and healthy habits. Absolutely. So what about sleep with regards to hormones? I've talked a lot to a lot of different experts about hormones over the last couple of months but tell me a little bit more about lack of quality sleep and what kind of hormonal changes that creates and does that keep us from losing weight?
1: I kind of touched on a little bit already as far as you know how, how you start to feel like you want certain kinds of foods, right? You get these mm-hmm. cravings. So when we don't get enough sleep, it causes ghrelin to increase, which makes you crave. It makes you hungry. It makes you crave sugary and fatty things, things that are going to like boost that energy short term. At least. And then it also decreases leptin, which is the hormone that's responsible for making you feel full and satisfied. So if you have less of that, so now you're having cravings for the sugary and fat things, and then your level of fullness goes down. So you just continue to eat more and more of it because your body's not telling you that you've had enough. That's like a huge thing. If you're working on building a healthier diet and all of a sudden, like, or most days, if you're not getting enough sleep, you have these cravings that are so hard to, you know, overcome that just makes it that much harder for you to work on eating healthily. And then um, cortisol levels increase. So, which we all know is a stress hormone, right? So it's not like you're actually stressing while you're sleeping, but your body releases that hormone because of the lack of sleep. So now you're getting the stress hormone. I think most people know that stress hormone can lead to weight gain, especially around the the abdomen, the middle, which is where people least likely want to see the weight gain, right? They That's where they're usually trying to get the weight off if they're working on weight loss. But that also sets you up for things like heart disease and stroke and diabetes. So when you're Um, having those cortisol levels increase and accumulating the fat on the abdomen. That
0: is really, really helpful. There's so many changes that happen because of lack of sleep. And I think one thing that we, again, don't connect is that ghrelin and leptin hormone situation that you're having. You think like, why can't I control my cravings? And maybe you've listened to my cravings episodes and you've tried my tips on thinking and, you know, processing and, and all of the life coaching type things I give you for cravings. Listen, if you don't have your sleep under control, it's very difficult to get on top of hormone problems. So we've got to get those in line first before We can really work on the thought part of what's going on with the cravings. And so I think a lot of people get really discouraged because the thought tools aren't working. And that's when we have to just check in like, how much are we sleeping and chronically, not just last night, but in a chronic manner. So, where do you see that affecting? Like, how long if somebody is like, okay, I'm a chronic undersleeper and. Again, this is one of those things when we talk about emotions like depression or anxiety. I'm always on this podcast talking about what I call little D, depression, little A, anxiety. This isn't clinical depression, clinical anxiety, things that need medication, but the, just the general emotions that we feel. We are in a depressed state because we have not slept well, or we feel nervous, we're a little bit anxious. So just so we're clear on that. But when we're talking about chronically underslept, I'm not really so much talking about clinical insomnia, that obviously you need to see a doctor. We're not doctors. But if you are a person who is chronically going to bed late because you are up reading or scrolling or online shopping or whatever, or maybe you're just working and you're like, no, this is, you know, I just need to work. If you're someone who doesn't make bedtime a priority and now you've decided, okay, I am going to. So what I mean is we're we not dealing with someone who has big eye insomnia, but someone who just isn't hasn't made sleep a priority. So we've got someone who's chronically underslept. How long would it take for that person to get their hormones sort of regulated by going to bed, quote, on time for, you know, how many days in a row? How How long until we can sort of correct this problem? I mean, honestly, you know,
1: With every night that you sleep the proper amount, it's going to help you. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I used to be a chronic lack of sleep (laughs) kind of person, and I've changed my weights in the last couple of years, and it's made all the difference. So, you know, it's really not, uh, you know, set it and forget it type of thing, really. Do you know what I mean? Where Mm -hmm. it's not like, okay, I've done this for three weeks, now I'm good, you know? Right. It's going to be something that you're, especially if it's been a problem in the past, it might be something you're continuously working on, you know, trying to increase that sleep. And with every night of adequate sleep, you're going to improve, you're going to have less of the cravings, you're going to have less of the stress hormone. Um, So it's, it's not a set time. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: sure yeah it's going to be bio individual depending on exactly how long you've been chronically undersleeping but it's good to hear that with each night we're going to see improvements so right. right away i think you're probably going to see we we know right away on a day that we've underslept you're maybe not thinking as clearly i'll tell you what this is kind of a side note but i've been at several sleep appointments with my mother. So my mom, she's done several sleep studies. We've got her on a CPAP. She's switching to a BiPAP machine. She's a terrible, it's it's terrible. She's got like, she stops breathing like 33 times an hour. It's severe sleep apnea. So in talking with these doctors about sleep, what's been fascinating to me is that the reason she was referred for a sleep study in the very first place was for memory loss because she wasn't qualifying for what seemed to be, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's. And they're like, you have to see a sleep specialist prior to going to a neurologist. And sure enough, they are like, oh yeah, for sure. If you have short-term memory issues, we have to get the sleep under control well before We see a neurologist because we can't possibly know if there's actual memory issues until you're actually sleeping well. And she thinks she sleeps through the night. Which she does. It's just the stopping of breathing isn't creating adequate oxygen flow. So she's not getting into the correct sleep. So just a little side note as far as like sleep apnea or snoring, if you have that. I mean, I've just been attending these appointments with her doctor and he's after me now because I admitted that I snore. And so he's like, I want you to get a sleep study. You've got to go to your own doctor. And, you know, so if you are all of this is to say that another effect of not getting quality sleep is memory loss. And so a lot of times I find women of our age, they blame midlife. They blame, oh, well, I'm in my fifties. I'm in my sixties, whatever now. And, and worry, like, why did I go into this room? I don't remember why. And we don't always connect it to our sleep. And yet whether or not you have a sleep apnea, that's a whole different topic, but If you are not sleeping well, you're not creating those memory connections. And so all of that can contribute to not making excellent decisions during the day. So whether that is with our food or with our choices, with um, choosing to exercise or not, it all can kind of be rolled into one. So it's just been fascinating to me with just being able to have access to these doctor's that are really focusing on sleep quality for my mom, that it's you know, not just so that she can sleep, but also so her memory is better. The other thing I want to say about that, what they're telling me is one of the best things that you can do to improve sleep quality is exercise. And they're just constantly encouraging her to exercise. How do you see that link? Oh, I, I've definitely seen
1: a bunch of stuff about how exercise affects your sleep because if you're not using the energy you have in a day, you're you're not tired enough to go to sleep at night a lot of times, and so you're having a hard time falling asleep. That delays sleep, and then you still have to get up at the same time in the morning, right? Uh, most of us, so so you're you're hurting yourself there, and you know just overall general health is better. If you're getting some physical exercise, you're in a healthier state, you get better sleep.
0: Yeah, I think the exercise really just is the fountain of youth. The more and more I study it and learn and talk to people that it's just everything from, you know, it's has very little to do, honestly, with weight loss, as far as our calorie burn. And it has way more to do with our mental state and then we are in a better mental state and then we make decisions that are more in line with our plan and our long-term goals. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And just being, again, it's it's this cycle. Being well-rested helps us to exercise. Exercise helps us to be well-rested.
1: Right. Yeah, it really is a cycle and, and then I call it, you know, when you – start off with the lack of sleep, it kind of makes everything else go downhill and it's the snowball effect, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, okay, lack of sleep. Now I can't meal plan. I can't prepare healthy foods. Oh, I can't exercise. I'm too tired. I'm going to drink all this caffeine or these energy drinks and, or, you know, I'm going to eat these, this cake and the cookies because I'm craving it. And then it starts all over again because (laughs) you don't get good sleep again the next night. And it just goes over and over and over. And it's hard to get out of that cycle unless you're really aware of what's going on, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really where it has to start is being aware that that's yeah. what's causing it so that you can start to make the changes and maybe you're not making you know every change maybe you're not like okay I'm now consistently exercising and I'm going to eat well and I'm going to drink water and I, you know but start with one thing that kind of breaks that cycle and then work from there
0: yeah totally and I think hopefully by listening to this episode you know folks are aware now like oh maybe it is my sleep that needs improvement So where would be like your first recommendation to start as far as if they, if someone is like, okay, I think sleep is probably the problem before I join a gym, before I, you know, throw out all the chips and cookies in the house. (laughs) If we want to start on sleep, where would you have them start?
1: I would have them start looking at what their bedtime routine is. Mm -hmm. What are they doing an hour or two before they go to bed each night?
0: An hour or two.
1: Wow. An hour or two, especially if they're having trouble falling asleep. Um, you know, a lot of people just delay going to bed. But some people lay in bed and they just have trouble falling asleep because their body is not ready. Because it hasn't been signaled that it's time to shut down and go to sleep. So if if that's you, if you're having trouble actually falling asleep or feeling like it's time to go to bed, I suggest an hour or two before bed get those devices turned off. You should not have this the blue light, the screens in your face because it tricks your body into thinking that it's daytime and time to be alert and awake. You know, even earlier on in the day, make sure you're getting some sunlight. Make sure you go outside even if it's cold <laughs> sit by a window, <laughs> sit by a window with you you know with the curtains open system that sunlight gets in and let your body know, okay, now it's daytime. So then when it does come to nighttime and time to start thinking about going to sleep, your body knows, okay, now it's not daytime anymore. It's time to shut down and relax and get that sleep that you need. And then I also talked about like the eating and the and the drinking before bed. Don't eat right before bed because then your body is trying to digest. It's not trying to remove toxins and get the the best sleep. So even though you don't think that eating before bed is disrupting your sleep, You might not notice it. Like it it might not be a cognitive thing. You don't realize it, but it's still happening within you. It's interrupting the normal processes that are supposed to be taking place within your body while you sleep. Um, And drinking alcohol, same thing. It makes you feel sleepy, but it doesn't actually
0: help you while you're sleeping. It disrupts your sleep cycle while you sleep. I think the eating before bed, I feel like has been a tricky it's it's tricky for me and I'll tell you why. It was an old diet rule, you know, no eating after seven, no eating after eight, right? Which always just seemed to be some sort of diet rule that had no reasoning behind it for me. I was like,
1: Yeah, what's this magical time? <laughs> yeah. What,
0: what happens if I take a bite at 705? Like, what will happen? And then I I decided, oh, this is just another way to cut calories, right? If we stop eating. And we used to have like a whole other snack that's like, oh, you know, 300 calories or whatever that we're not eating. So I thought, oh, okay, well, that's just a way to reduce intake, which there are some studies that show that as far as strictly weight loss goes. If you're strictly talking about weight loss, you could eat all your calories at 1am if that was the only time you're eating right. And technically speaking, you could lose weight. What we are talking about here is separate from those things, which is sleep quality. Right. Sleep quality. Yeah. That's not what these diet rules were concerned about. I think those old diet rules were concerned more about intake and calories. And what we're talking about here is choosing to not eat a few hours before bedtime so that your body is not working on digestion so that your sleep quality is better. And then the next day you are well rested and making excellent choices about your health. So I just really love thinking about this quote unquote rule with way more behind it than this will just help me lose weight and reduce my intake. That's not the point here at all. No, no, not at all. That's not the main focus. The main
1: focus is to keep your body running smoothly, functioning properly so that you can do all those other things that you want to do and and avoid those long-term health issues. Um, I didn't really mention, I mentioned heart disease and stroke and diabetes, but also Alzheimer's is a big one. And you talked about the memory loss with the sleep. Alzheimer's is memory loss, right? Because those toxins getting cleared out, they're getting cleared from your brain as well. It's not just you know thinking about the other parts of you know everything else going on the liver and everything that's being cleared from your brain so that's part of it
0: yeah perfect it's so hard sometimes to think really long term about our health when we are using our higher human brain to make our decisions about our health it it is that long term but When we're thinking about what we're eating for dinner or thinking about what we're going to choose for an after dinner snack or mid movie snack, sometimes the future we're thinking of is just a couple hours away. It's just how am I going to sleep tonight? And I bring that up with my clients a lot because we talk a lot about what your why is for reaching your goals. Why do you want to do this? And often we're talking about long-term things. Well, I want to live to be an influence for good on my grandchildren. Like that's a great why, but it is 30 years away, right? (laughs) Like that's a long (laughs) time. And so we have to have these shorter term whys. And sometimes it's like, cause I want to sleep well tonight because I want to wake up well rested because I want to wake up not bloated. And some of that is not eating right before bed. Another one that just is sort of along these lines with being in bed is sometimes my clients will say, you know, I go out on these date nights with my husband and I tend to overeat when I'm at a restaurant and then I go home and I don't want to, you know, finish off date night. And it's true, right? Like, and sometimes sex before bed can help us relax. It can be part of your nighttime routine. And if you've overeaten, you may or may not be in the mood you know, have that sexy time with your partner. So I think that's a big thing too, because if it is part of your going to sleep routine and then you've overeaten and you don't feel like it, it, um, it really can affect things. Right. What else can you tell us about sleep? Anything else that we haven't covered here and how sleep relates to our health and our weight loss?
1: I want to say that, like I said, I used to be the person who had a hard time going to sleep at night. And I think a lot of moms especially feel this because it's like, okay, the kids are in bed. This is my time. I'm going to have alone time. So I'm going to stay up late, whether I'm watching a movie, reading a book, having that snack and wine, you know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I know what it's like. But once you put your mind to like, oh, my life is better, like once I get that sleep, I have more energy. I have better relationships because I'm not snapping at people. I'm not irritable. I'm not feeling like stressed and all this pressure and anxiety on me anymore. And once you start to feel that and you want to make the change, I think it's so important to take baby steps towards that. It's not, okay, I'm going to start going to bed two hours earlier every night. Because unless you are, like, superhuman, (laughs) that is so hard to change your routine from, you know, going to bed at midnight to, okay, now I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock.
0: Yeah, that's a huge That's a huge
1: change to make. If you can set an alarm and say, you know, I'm going to bed a half an hour earlier tonight, that's not a big deal. Half an hour is pretty small, right? Mm -hmm. Start off there. Do that for two weeks when that gets pretty easy, set it back another half an hour, you know, until you get to that point where you're getting seven to eight hours of sleep. Because if you think about it, if you add an extra hour to your sleep routine, that's like getting a whole nother night's sleep by the end of the week. Yeah, I mean, how amazing is that to get a whole extra night's sleep? There's no making it up on the weekends, right? We're we're not getting a whole another night's sleep on the weekends. I, I don't think. I don't think most people are sleeping halfway through each day. No, um, but it doesn't really work that either way either. You cannot just make up for the sleep that you missed all week. It it doesn't. But if you can get an extra hour every night, that is a huge difference. So start small, make it doable, because if it's
0: not doable, you're just going to give up and go right back to how you were doing it before. Perfect. I love that. All right. Why don't you tell people where they can find you online if they want to hear more about about this and the other areas of your expertise?
1: Sure. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, um, Robin Powers, (laughs) R-O-B-Y-N-N, Powers. I have a free Group for moms, busy moms that want to work on their health, fitness, and well being. And that's motivated moms for health, fitness, and a joyful life. And then I also have a website, simplyembellishedlife.com.
0: Okay, great. All those links will be in the show notes. And thank you again, Robin, for coming on and for sharing all of your wisdom. It's been great. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you're ready to get some personalized coaching from me, I'd encourage you to schedule a free strategy session. Visit www.wellwithlisa.as.me, or it's easier just to find that link in the show notes. We'll talk about where you currently are with your weight loss goals, and I'll give you some actionable tools you can start implementing right away. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes right when they're released. And if you're learning something new and enjoying the podcast, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star rating and a review. Thanks again for joining me, Lisa Salisbury, in this episode of Eat Well, Think Well, Live Well.